No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Well, folks, I'll be perfectly honest with you. As you know, the second straight late night, and we're so thrilled that so many of you are joining us again for a second straight late night, or early morning as the case may be, as it's now uh, Thursday morning. Uh, I was sitting there as it was 2 nothing for L.A., and I was sort of dreading what was going to be happening on this post-game show. I'm thinking it's going to be the three of us, and it might just be the three of us talking to one another. Because, <laughs> you know, the way the game had gone at that point in time, I really wouldn't have blamed a lot of you if you maybe took the night off from the Illegal Curve post-game show because of, you know, the late night last night and another game coming up on Saturday and then the Illegal Curve hockey show on Saturday morning. But... I did not see this coming. I did not see this comeback coming. I did not see this performance by the Winnipeg Jets coming. And clearly, I need to remove all previous preconceived notions that I have about the Winnipeg Jets. Because from my perspective, they had really all reason, many reasons to not necessarily battle back in tonight's game. They've already won two games on the road trip, the second half of a back-to-back. And they're playing on the LA Kings team that is one of the best teams in the entire NHL and for the Jets to do what the Jets did afterwards is very impressive from my perspective and with that I will say good morning Winnipeg good morning Manitoba and for all those joining us live this morning on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms good morning universe and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to talk about the Winnipeg Jets ending the road trip on a high note, on a very high note, coming back from a 2-0 deficit, scoring not one, not two, not three, not four, but five unanswered goals to give the Jets a 5-2 victory in Los Angeles. They head home from this four-game Mountain and West Coast road trip with a record of three and one. And gentlemen, after last Thursday's game against Colorado, we were talking about how impressive that victory was, how that was uh, potentially a victory of an elite team. From my perspective, tonight's victory coming back in the way that they did second half of a back to back, no Kyle Connor. This was even more impressive than what they pulled off in Colorado earlier in the week. I say, good morning to Dave. I say, good morning to Ezzy. How are you fine gentlemen doing? Well, I think what was clear was that Gabe Velarde didn't want Blake Lazat to have anything to celebrate on his birthday, <laughs> right? Like obviously the Gabe Velarde, you know, revenge game lived up to its billing. Right. And you know, the jets were, I mean, I'm with you, Drew. Like, th- this was a weird game in that what, like, did the Kings care about coming back in that third period? Like, I, I just thought, you know, in that third period, you're down a couple goals. Um, somebody just gave us $20 from Los Angeles. There we go. Mo Jangagard. Nice. And $20 from LA. And it's actually courtesy of Drew's cousin, who apparently directed Mo to our show. 
well, that would be my cousin Jeff. My cousin Jeff is uh, is lives in L.A. and is a huge Jets fan. And I'm not sure if he was at tonight's game in L.A. Usually he texts me. Mo. T- Mo yeah, Mo was my cousin there. Jeff there. Or I assume it was my cousin Jeff, at least, that you were. Uh, yeah, Drew, you didn't get it. I directed you this way. But we appreciate well, think, the contribution. I think Mo's giving us some guilt because it's the second last night of Hanukkah. I think that's what's <laughs> happening here for Mo. But we're going to – hey – we're gonna t- when when someone gives us money, we're gonna take it, right? So nice to see the uh, super chat from Mo there. Thanks Thank for you, tuning Mo. in from La La Land. But yeah, I mean, like again, give the Jets credit. I mean, the three goals in the second period, um, you know, led by Nikolai Ehlers. I mean, Ehlers was incredible, and he had a really good scoring chance in the first period, right? He dashed down the left side, and Cam Talbot had to make a good save. So obviously, Ehlers was fantastic. The whole first line: Gabe Velarde, Mark Scheifele. I was telling Dave, that's one of the best games I've seen Neil Pionk play defensively. Like, I just thought Pionk was on tonight. Like, he just didn't want to give the Kings anything. But Mm -hmm. I just thought that the like the Jets pushback obviously came in the second period after they killed off that penalty. Nate Schmidt uh, obviously loves cross-checking penalties because he took (laughs) two tonight. Um, But I thought Schmidt was good as the game went on. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, just a really impressive victory. I mean, obviously. Look, the Jets are a good team. You know, when they go down 2 nothing, and I think we can put to bed this notion of the second game of a back-to-back, like, you know, a team can't play well. If anything, it might give them a bit of an edge. And the Jets, again, maybe for a bad team, like, you know, the Sharks or the Ducks, or, you know, maybe you say, okay, well, you know, you don't expect a lot in the second game of a back-to-back, but I honestly kind of just forgot about that. Like, obviously, the, the Jets lost to the Sharks last night. I didn't forget that, but what I mean is, I mean, they're a professional team. Like, the, and, the, and the Jets have had a lot of space between games. Like, mm-hmm. we've talked about it, right? Like, they're going to have a, th- a three-day break before Colorado at home, right? But, look, Connor Hellebuck shut the door after he let in that really bizarre goal, and, and we'll get to that, scored by um, Alexi, or, or Alex Laferriere or Laferriere. Yeah. Um, that was a fluky goal, let's be honest. It goes off of his helmet. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Nobody's going to criticize Connor Hellebuck, Hellebuck for that. Uh, but just a great pushback in the second period, as I mentioned, led by Nick Ehlers, and then you finish it off in, in the third period. So just it was a gutsy effort, and I think it just showed the maturity of this team, right? Like the Jets, I think in previous years, probably lose this game, um, but I think... They probably the- lose... The- in previous years, they probably lose this game handily. They probably just, you know, they, they probably just, you know, turn tail and head home saying, okay, road trip, 500 on the road trip. You know, we, we can handle that. But you, you, I like the word that you use there, Ezzy, and that word was maturity because this was a very mature effort and mature response by the Winnipeg Jets. You go down to nothing. Look, L.A. is a very good hockey team, and L.A. is not, not known for playing a loose style. They're I thought you could be... really tell how much they miss Gavrikov, Drew. Like mm-hmm. I would agree. You, know, with you that. had some, you had some young defensemen in the lineup. Yeah. Um, well, Jordan Spence has been in the lineup, but Andreas Englund. That's not Derek Englund, by the way. I think some people might have thought that was Derek Englund. <laughs> Jacob uh, Moverer and Jordan Spence was the the third pair. I mean, that's just a young third pair and I just thought that you know that the Jets really took it to them tonight well and it's the fact that the Jets were in a position Dave where they could take it to them that is that is most impressive to me yeah and, and you know sorry and as he mentioned you know 
second half of back to back, you expect the Jets were, you know, maybe in that third period would fade or would have a would have a struggle in that third period. And that wasn't the case at all. They were still the better of the two teams in that third period. And they had the 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 Kings just absolutely befuddled. LA couldn't do anything no. to try and counteract the Winnipeg Jets and and the uh, and get any uh, offensive zone time in that third period, you know. The last two minutes when Talbot, you know, was, was on the bench, notwithstanding. But before that, you know, when LA is trying to allegedly push and get back into this and with a power play opportunity, they weren't mm-hmm. able to accomplish anything. Yeah, I jokingly tweeted out uh, from the IC account that it looked like the Jets were the Harlem Globetrotters at some points in this game because they were they were making LA look, you know, very ordinary. And uh, and that's unusual because this has been one of the best teams in the NHL. And yeah, they're coming off a loss. But I mean, that was... I think three days ago, because uh, they played on Sunday, Rangers. In, they lost in to the Rangers. New York. Yeah. So I mean, but other than that, that's you know they're they're still one of the best teams in the West, and they're a deep team, and they didn't look, they really didn't. They looked good, and, they, and if you think about it, they were opportunistic. You got a power play goal, you got a fluky goal, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like at some points they looked like early on in that first period, and you could say, I mean, we always I always forget what the narrative it is or going to be when you play the second half of a back-to-back. But at the same time, give Winnipeg credit. I mean, and, and more importantly, what did Winnipeg do today? And I was just looking it up, Drew, to see the time on ice. But to me, that was like the, the key was the be, be ability to have four, four lines, lines and to be able to roll your four lines. And that's unfortunately when you went go 11-7, and seven, which mm-hmm. we thought was a questionable decision last night in order to play Logan Stanley and Nate Schmidt. This way, you've now got all... Four, uh, four lines going and you get a chance for everybody to get out there and, and look let's be realistic guys that top line was simply on fire yeah i mean they were they were ridiculous together and and you know we were wondering obviously gabe velarde hasn't played that many games since he came back from his injury but i mean well, he's back for he's back he's back yeah. baby as they say i mean it's just, well, you know first ever four point game uh you know comes in his return to la so based on his comments from two weeks ago and you can see them, leocurve.com or on our YouTube channel after our live show, of course. But I mean, he was he was still heated. He was still six weeks after that third game of the season against the LA Kings, which they came into Winnipeg and won fairly handily. Mm-hmm. You knew that, you know, Gabriel Velarde and Alex Iafalo and the team itself were wanting to have a good game. And and you know, going down to nothing, suddenly you're like, okay, you know, like you said, Drew, what's gonna happen here? Are they gonna be satisfied with saying, well, you know, we're, we've split our roads. You know, we won the first two. We lost the last two. Uh, overall, we've won four of six if they would have lost. Instead, they're five of six now in the last six games. So, and, and what are they doing? What's most important, Ezzy? They're maintaining their, you know, Colorado beat Buffalo tonight, but they're maintaining themselves in that race and not allowing the teams like the Nationals and the Arizonas to, to ca- who are nipping at their heels to catch up. I mentioned this before. Sorry, Drew, just wanted to say, you know, we're going to get into the Betway game recap and go over all the goals. But I mentioned this earlier, like this Nate Schmidt cross-checking penalty happened early, like around the three-minute mark of the the second period. And I made uh, the second second cross-checking penalty, you mean? Yeah, the first one was in the first period. Yeah, And I made a couple notes here because there were two good scoring chances. Um, You know, just to remind everyone, Kevin Fiala had a really good scoring chance. This is power play one in the slot. Hellebuck made, I forget if it was a glove save or a pad save. Um, and then Trevor Moore right after that, or not right after that, but you know later on in the power play, um, he had a good scoring chance. 
like I would classify those. The reason why I made a note is because those were two uh, high danger chances, grade A scoring chances, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And and to me, like that was all Hellebuck, right? Like I'm not saying that the Jets weren't good in their structure on the penalty kill, but Hellebuck made two really good saves on on that LA Kings power play. And really, that to me is when the game started to turn. And and you know we've talked about it so much how you know special teams. That's the only area of the game the Jets game this year where where you could have some problems with both the power play and the penalty kill because five on five they're, they're one of the Drews talked about this a lot they're one of the best teams offensively and defensively so really if the special teams that's kind of the difference you know if you're looking at like what's the difference between the Jets being you know a top 10 team versus a top five team or you know a team that wins the central versus finishes second or third because the reality is it's like Dave said like there's so much parity in the NHL like that's why we shouldn't be that surprised that the Jets came back in this game because yeah everybody's talking about the Kings and how elite they are and how great they are. I mean, like I don't well, think there's a big difference between the Jets and the Kings as far as I'm concerned. If these two teams played in a seven game series, it's probably going to at least six games. Well, you know what I think it's so surprising in tonight is that the LA has been so stingy at giving up goals five on five. That is where they've been the best in the NHL. Them, the Bruins, and the Jets, for that matter, have been the top three teams in the entire NHL when it comes to goals against at five on five. And the Jets, or, or just or just goals against period for the goals Jets. against period. Sure, but as I smell great points out. Yeah, in, 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 in particular, yes, of course. By the way, what is the answer, Drew? Is it eighteen straight or seventeen? Uh, I think it is now. It was six. I think it's seventeen by my seventeen. Count. I think it's seventeen. I smell. Yeah, seventeen straight Great. games that the Jets have allowed three or less goals. And Connor Hellebuck himself. Uh, I have you know. Let me look it up here. I saw a Cap Friendly tweeted it out uh, a couple days ago in uh in in talking about uh, Connor Hellebuck and his recent play. Uh, something like he's been uh, a, a significant number of games now where he's two or less goals. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, per game. So, it, you know, Connor Hellebuck himself is is, is also playing uh, just in, in, in an incredible zone uh, right now. Let's see if I can find it while, while I'm talking at the same time here. You know, look, this Jets team right now is is, is absolutely in Drew, a zone. Drew looks like he's ordering lunch right now, is he? <laughs> I'm not ordering lunch right now. That would be... Sushi uh, or Mexican? Neither. I guess it would be breakfast at this point. Neither, neither. It would be, yeah, it would be more of a breakfast time at this hour. It's 12. We had a secret Santa at Hockey Manitoba today, and I got a... Uh, Breakfast sandwich maker. I'm pretty happy. But really, you're gonna say you got a breakfast sandwich, sandwich maker. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say somebody just gave you a breakfast sandwich with for a for, yeah. for a uh, uh, for a secret Santa. That would actually yeah. be a, you'd appreciate that as well yeah. for that matter. But yeah. look, to, for the Jets to do what they did here, and and you can't talk about it without talking about the performance of Ehlers, Velarde, and Shifley. Because that for is is the Jets' top line moving forward right now. Well, they for the combined next... for thirty two points tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> for the next you know six to eight weeks, you know until Kyle Connor is back in the picture, that is the, the, going to be the line that drives the Winnipeg Jets, and they absolutely were beasts out there. The L.A. Kings could not handle that trio. Ehlers, obviously, with his speed and his dynamic play, and like I said, as he said, we'll get into the Betway game recap because I mean it's hard to pick which one of his shots is going to be the Seagram shot of the game, or maybe it's even Velarde. They were very similar. It's funny you mentioned that because I mean that is vintage Ehlers. That's that's when Ehlers is playing at his best, right? When he's pushing defensemen back with his speed uh, and using that great shot. So you're absolutely right. I mean. 
all three of those guys were equally mm-hmm. good tonight. And and you're right. I mean, they took over this game. In the second period, that line took over this game, yeah. and the Kings never recovered. I, I and, and by the way, going back to what I said before, you know, I don't want the Kings fans to, to get too upset with me here. I do think the Kings are a good team. All I'm saying is, like, a lot of, you know, superlatives are being thrown around uh, with a lot of teams, right? Like, some people think Vegas is is you know, the best team. Some people think it's the Rangers. I mean, I just don't think that, look, you don't have a Boston Bruins like you did last year. You don't have a team that's running away for with it that's going to get 125 points or whatever they had last year. Regular um, season I, I, to your point, though, Drew, just going to sort of cut you off. Yeah. You're right. The first line of Ehlers, Velarde, and Shifley took over in the second period, and they, they never looked back. Yeah, they, that's exactly it. And they never let up. They never took. They never looked back, and they never let up. And that's the impressive part: is that they not only took over, and they took you know because you can take over for a, for a chunk of time, you can take over yeah. for a, you know a period, you can take over for half a period, but they took over that entire game, and LA had no answer for them. And I mean, I think it's sort of fitting, and we won't get into this specific goal in the Betway game recap because it's going to be the empty netter. But I think there is a little bit of a cherry on top. Uh, that was, you know, that was Mark Shifley, uh, you know, planting the flag uh, at center ice and scoring that the empty net goal with a second to go, saying, yeah, this is just me, you know, this is the, this is me really reaffirming what we just did to you guys over the last 40 minutes and taking over this game. I'm going to put another puck in the net because you can't stop me. And the only thing that may be able to stop me is the buzzer that's, that sounds the end of this game. That's what I thought from the Winnipeg Jets. And so that's good, by the way, if the Jets play with swagger, not arrogance. Mm-hmm. Arrogance yeah. leads to trouble. But swagger, where you think you are better than your opponent or you think you can take over a game, that is a that's something that you can build on and that's something that can galvanize a team. And the Winnipeg Jets tonight, especially in periods two and three, yeah. Played with swagger, Dave. And don't be confusing swagger with sauntering because Drew's a good saunterer. Yeah. But he doesn't have a good swagger. So no. the Jets are playing with swagger. Yeah. Drew's a saunterer. Right. But I was just going to say, actually, Drew, just to the further to your point, I would have been great to see Connor Hellebuck, who yeah, looked like he, he, tried was, it. he was contemplating, didn't get very far. He might have to practice, but he was uh, trying to pull a Mikhail Burden in the KHL All Star game. Yeah. <laughs> but he got the puck out of the zone. That's the important yeah. part. He wasn't able to get it. All. He, he was trying for the goalie goal. He wasn't able to pull it off, but he, he cleared the puck successfully. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, it was, you're right, though, Drew. It's, 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 it was an impressive win. I mean, that's the only way you can put it. The Jets, we weren't sure how they were going to respond. I mean, look, the reality is, it's not like they played a terrible game against the Sharks. And it's not like the Sharks are. Though, even though their their record indicates that, we've talked about it on the last night's show. They were they've been playing much better hockey. And they've been giving teams like Vegas and the Rangers and all sorts of other teams fits for the way they played of late. So, um, you know, they just what's his name? I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood was excellent in net, and the Jets' power play was terrible. So, I mean, that was really the difference in last night's game. And tonight, again, the five on five was excellent from Winnipeg. And that's what you want to see. And that's what, you know, again, stingy defensively, which is what we talked about, that they were going to have to be. But, you know, if the top line, and, and we talk about Rick Bonus loving to, to load up his top line, but if, and we don't as expect him to put up 32 points every single game. But there's no question about it that, you know, if this line can cook they were like this way and the other lines can still contribute a little bit, but at least not be it's, negative defensively, it's, it's going to bode well for Winnipeg. And and the one thing I wanted to say too, and you know, we talked about it earlier with you know how well the Jets have been defensively at five on five. Like to me, it was just a smothering 
defensive style. They kind of took a page out of the LA Kings playbook yeah. and did that to them in the second and third period where, you know, you had forwards like Nemesnikov and Niederreiter, Baron, Velarde, Shifley, the every like they have bought in to to the way you need to play defensively to be successful, right? And that's something that we didn't see last year. And you know, hats off to Shifley because you know he's leading by example, and we haven't seen this type of play from him all around play. I'm not talking about offensively because Shifley is a point of game player year after year. Right. I'm talking about his overall 200 you know, feet, 200 foot game. Yeah, and he was incredible tonight. And as I mentioned too, like you know, Nate Schmidt, you know, good on him. The Logan Stanley's the odd man out, but he was a healthy scratch a bunch of times, three or four times. Mm-hmm. And he recovered from taking those two penalties. I thought he had a really solid game with Dylan Sandberg on the third pair. So, yes, again, we're not going to award the Stanley Cup after tonight's game. But like Drew said, and I agree with Drew, even though you, every, everybody who watches the show knows I hate to agree with Drew. Like, mm-hmm. this is something the Jets continue to build off of these types of games, right? In in Colorado, they they got the lead and they never gave up the lead. This game, right. you're, they're down 2 nothing after one. You're thinking to yourself, like, this game's over. Like mm-hmm. second game of a back-to-back. This is mm-hmm. the mighty LA Kings, one of the top teams in the league. And what do they do? They come out with one of their that might have been their best second period of the season. Like honestly. I think the last 40 minutes, I would I would agree with that. I mean, the third period to me, as look, as impressive as the second period was. Yeah. The third period to me is even more impressive yeah. in that they don't even allow LA to sniff a comeback. Right. You know that that LA, you know, they LA shut it down, Drew. Yeah, they shut it down. You you would expect LA to come out for that third period and push back hard, and it was the Jets who controlled the pace of play for the vast majority of that third period. Look, the possession numbers in the third period. LA, by the way, entering tonight's game, the second best team possession wise at five on five in the third period. At five on five, the Jets had seventy one percent of the possession, which is incredible. Because the LA Kings should have been the more desperate team. And, and that's and, what I'm saying. Like, you know, again, I'm not taking anything away from the Jets because I thought the Jets were excellent in the second and third periods. But, like, it's almost like the Jets' pushback in the second period was so good that the LA Kings, like, it's almost, it was like demor- yeah. they it got demoralized. They, it, like, they had trouble putting two or three passes together mm-hmm. in, the, in the third period. And, you know, the Jets had a couple cracks at the empty net, but it just didn't seem like, I mean, at least to me, I didn't get the the feeling that the, the Kings were going to tie that game up in the third period. I just thought, like, the Jets played so well yeah. that um, the Kings just seemed frustrated. They yeah. just didn't, they didn't play with desperation, and they didn't have a lot of sustained pressure. Like you said, the possession numbers um, tell, tell the tale of, uh, you know, the ice being slanted in the Jets' favor. That's right. It's hard. It's hard for the Kings to expect to come back when they can't get out of their own zone. Right. And that's the, where the Jets kept the vast majority of the play in that third period. Let's get into it. It's the Betway game recap. It's 1230 in the morning and there's about 400 of you joining us to watch. the. <laughs> where was everyone last night? Right by the way. Game show. Smash that like button. Drew, where yeah. was everyone last night? You and I were doing this post game show. You know, well, can't be fair. We know what folks. the difference is. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the, they heard Ginsburg was going to be ah, here, so they Ginsburg, came around. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Now bring, it all makes sense. I bring all the boys to the yard. That's right. <laughs> the opposite is I usually run away from you, but everyone else is running to the show as a result. But in nonetheless, we appreciate all of you being here. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets post game, and again Saturday mornings with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Now let's get into it. The Betway game recap. The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway, title sponsor of the Illegal Curve post-game show and one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. The Los Angeles Kings open the scoring. It's on the power play. Andre Kopitar, who's been an absolute Jets killer over the last couple of years. You remember the four-goal game he had in Winnipeg last season. Uh, he gets his 11th of the year assist to Kevin Fiala and Quinton Byfield. It comes with Nate Schmidt in the box with uh, on a, on a cross-checking penalty that uh, many people soft. thought was a little soft, a little ticky tack. Uh, it leads to a it really goal was though scramble. Like, I, I'm I'm usually someone that will, you know, say that a penalty is a penalty, but in that particular case, like that was one of the softest cross checking penalties I've ever seen. Well, and you saw that after the goal goes in, Adam Lowry and Rick Bonus are both so furious because you know to set up this goal or to yeah. position themselves cross check Sandberg. That's right. Adrian Kempe gives the same exact cross check that got penalized into the back of Dylan Sandberg. It results in a loose puck. And Andre Kopitar, who we know is so difficult to knock off the puck and is such a beast uh, in front of the net, is able to deposit a past Connor Hellbuck to give the Kings an early one nothing lead, Ezzy. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, look, <laughs> Adrian Kempe cross checks Dylan Sandberg and takes him out of the play. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Look, Andre Kopitar goes to the goes to the net, and the puck gets behind, under Dylan Sandberg, um, and and then Kopitar just puts it in, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, not pretty. It's not pretty, but it's no. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't a pretty goal. And Demello yeah. was the other defenseman out there, but he has to be, um, he has to be mindful, uh, mindful of. I think it was Kevin Fiala um, mm-hmm. that was playing the the left point there, um, but you know, so Demello has to worry about. Uh, Fiala, uh, Morgan Barron was the other uh, a penalty killer out there, but um, you know, so Demello is is looking after Kopitar, but then he has to uh, respect the pass by Fiala, and then like we just talked about, Samberg gets cross-checked in front of the net, he's out of the play. So look, I mean, there you could have easily called. I mean, look, it was a soft cross-check by Campy Dave on Samberg, but it takes Samberg out of the play and and directly results in the goal by Kopitar because Samberg. Mm-hmm can't do anything he's on the ice and Kopitar just shovels the puck from under him and into the net right so yeah it was kind of a ridiculous sequence of events you know what was interesting on this one Dave is after the goal goes in and you see that Rick Bonus is upset and Adam Lowry's upset then the refs and the linesmen got together for a huddle and mm-hmm. the thought crossed my mind that maybe they were going to, you know, take the the goal off the board for a brief second because it was weird that the that they all got together. Like you saw yeah. it on on the TV broadcast, and as you well. can't challenge anything there. No, but I was wondering if maybe the officials themselves were going to almost overrule themselves. It was it was just an odd yeah. sequence of events all all around. I, I, would I think say. they were just 
I think they were just talking about where they were at for dinner, to be honest with you, because yeah. I, agree with you. I like, assume they're in Nobu. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just the, the standard answer. But no, yeah. I, Drew, it's a fair point because I didn't take note of that when uh, they after they scored. And I'm with Ez, like you're watching the play and you're thinking this, the cross check on that Schmidt did that led him to be in the sin bin was the same that Kempe did on, on Sandberg. And this leads directly to the goal. So, right. I mean, it's an unfortunate play. And yeah, I mean, you understand why Bonus and Lowry are losing their minds because they felt like that directly led to the goal against. And so, um, and you're just trying to send a message. You're just trying to, you know, get, let the refs know you're not happy with the way the state of the game has gone at that point to kind of hope that you're going to get something in your favor uh, subsequent to that. Yeah, exactly right. So nonetheless, it is one nothing for the LA Kings. This goal coming at the 936 mark. It's on the power play. And the Kings have really, I think, uh, I would say, you know, controlled the first few minutes of that hockey game, uh, which is sort of seems to be a pattern that the Jets have been falling into as of late. Uh, the Kings make it 2 nothing. a little less than three minutes later, two minutes and 53 seconds later. It's Alex Leferriere getting a weird goal from below the goal goal line he really just shoots as Kevin Sawyer said on the broadcast he shoots for Connor Hellebuck's ear and successfully does so Hellebuck is down on the ice sort of hugging the post and when you go down and all goalies now are, are taught to go down in that instance there is a small area of room I'd say between the goaltender's helmet and the crossbar and in this case uh, with the assist to Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, Laferriere is able to find that small space as he, and you you tweeted or you, te- you texted both Dave and myself saying, oh, I think we know what our Seagram shot of the game is going to be <laughs> because it was really, I mean, both a, it was an incredible shot for him to be able to pick that, that, that very small corner like right. he did. And it, this is just a reality of how a drawback of how goalies are taught to position themselves that leaves that window of opportunity, that crack open for uh, for players to try and, and aim for. Yeah, but it's just a fluky goal, right? Like yeah. he's below the goal line, Laferriere. Mm-hmm. And yes, he is. Look, I don't know if he was trying to do it exactly the way it happened, but I mean, it goes off of Hellebuck's mask and in, right? Like it was... Like in a in any given season, how many goals do you see scored like that? Like a mm-hmm. handful, like behind the goal line, off of the goalie's mask. Yeah. So yes, you're right, Not Drew. Me. I mean, if Hellebuck is standing up, but um, you know he wasn't, and you know he was excellent after that. He didn't le- allow any goals, right? So mm-hmm. you're, you know you mentioned this earlier. At that point in the game, it looked like okay, you know this might be a game in which the Kings score four or five goals against the Jets, uh, sure. but it was the o- other way around. So um, you know, it was off of face-off. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois picks up an assist. He was, you know, Mr. Invisible for, for <laughs> the majority of this game. He continues. Well, he's really been Mr. Invisible the whole season, let's be honest. Yeah. He's having a pretty shitty season. Um, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of Jets fans are, are you know, enjoying that, to be honest with you. Um, well, and... I, saw, I saw something that uh, – hang on, let me see if I can find it quickly here on Twitter um, – yeah, Dom Luchician of the of the uh, Athletic tweeted that with Gabe Velarde's four points tonight, he's one third of the way to Pierre Luc Dubois' total point total, uh, the total number of points that Pierre Luc Dubois has had all season. Uh, so you know, Velarde certainly uh, with a bit of a statement in tonight's game, and we'll get into those goals. But... Dave, by the way, can we leave that comment up for at least you know thirty <laughs> seconds about Drew rambling on? 
Sure. I don't ramble that much. I mean, I ramble mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't think I rambled that much. It is 1230 in the morning, 1240. People think you're a little. Oh, you Led Zeppelin the way you ramble on. Thank you. I was going to go rambling, man. reference. Uh, so two nothing at this point in time for the LA Kings, and that's where the first period ends uh, with that two nothing lead. And you you know that you know if the Jets are going to give up the third goal, then it's basically going to be a good night, Irene, uh, to continue with the uh, musical references. And the Kings get an early power play in the second period. And as you referenced this one earlier, talking about that nice glove save that Connor Hellbuck makes off of Kevin Fiala to keep it at that two nothing lead, and that's where you know, the Jets goaltender needs to be at his best to not let another goal in and maybe allow his team to begin to crawl back and the Jets had before even before Ehlers getting the goal to make it 2-1 which we'll get to Mason Appleton uh, had a had a good opportunity Mark Shifley had a good opportunity David Gustafson had one Nate Schmidt had one and the Jets just looked like they weren't able to capitalize and then Nikolai Ehlers off the rush three on two opportunity and it starts in the Jets zone with Gabe Velarde picking off an errant pass from Philip Deneau, head manning it up the ice. He's got uh, Ehlers and he's got Shifley. He's got Ehlers on his right and he's got Shifley on his left and he feeds it to Ehlers and he goes hard to the net still drawing the attention of the defenseman, allowing Ehlers to cut in the middle and absolutely unleash a great shot uh, top corner to beat uh, Cam Talbot and cut the lead in half, Dave. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I said this, and we'll talk about it more because it happened a number of times. I think the book is clearly, I think Winnipeg, Joe from Winnipeg said this, top right corner on Cam Talbot because that is where the goals seem to beat him tonight. And and again, we don't watch the Kings regularly, so I don't know if that's where he's been getting scored on throughout this season, but that seemed to be the, the calling card of the Winnipeg Jets. And I, I mean, it's a beautiful play, and it's funny because Connor Hellebuck actually tried to cover the puck in the Jets zone and wasn't able to. So that play kept the play alive. And then you're right, Drew. It was a nice play by Velarde in the neutral zone and, and they got things going. And then, you know, he makes it, or was it Shifley? No, it was Velarde. It was Velarde, it was Velarde who starts yeah, the play. Yeah. It was Velarde who starts it. And then Shifley moves, does what he does. But, you know, look, Nikolai Ehlers shot, we've talked about it. It's phenomenal. The one thing mm-hmm. with Nikolai Ehlers shot, we saw it on the power play where he missed, not by much, but it's, it's that he misses a lot. And mm-hmm. so the one thing with Nikolai Ehlers is you really want him to hit that net. You know, you want him to shoot. That's the good thing because the Jets weren't shooting enough last night. Yeah. But they, you want them, you want him to be hitting the net because his shot is so good. And when he can start doing that, like what he did tonight, I mean, that was a lethal shot. And, and, and doing it with speed, right? I mean, again, Talbot is, can see it because he's in between. There's no screen. Mm-hmm. So Talbot sees that the whole way. The only the only difficulty is he's going the opposite way from Ehlers, right? So right. he's going with Ehlers, and obviously the puck's going back across. But I mean, it's it's a hell of a good shot, and it's a nice play by the top line, and and it's critical. Captain Obvious says to to getting the Jets back into this game because you're right, they had opportunities, but it was that reward, and you know that kind of you felt that the the Jets were in it. You know, like again, two nothing isn't insurmountable as we saw, right. but you needed to get that kind of relatively early success and not allow obviously the Kings. And that's why you're right. Connor Hellebuck had to be good, but then Ehlers gets that goal. And then you can just start to feel the momentum turn as a result. 
well, you talk about momentum. The next note that I have in my little notebook here as I was keeping track while watching the game is that sure. the Jets have the momentum and the Kings are on their heels and can't handle the Jets' strong forecheck. And so that real Jets started to build off of that goal that cut it in half. And then as he, at the 13-19 mark of the second period, they tie it up. So seven minutes and 11 seconds after Ehlers' first Get goal. Get that bumper ready, Drew. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Ezzy. Nikolai Ehlers gets his second goal of the game, his ninth of the season. And as Ezzy alluded to, it's our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's, makers of fine products like Fireball for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. As you all know, Fireball tastes like heaven, burns like hell. It's particularly tasty at 1245 in the morning, but it's a beautiful shot by Nikolai Ehlers here. You know, the first one, he was on the right wing and he cut into the middle. This one is just straight speed coming down the left-hand side and absolutely, when he unleashes that, and I mean, the one that still is vivid to me, and I've talked about it before, is the one he unleashed against the Rangers, Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, a slap shot. That was down like the left five wing. years ago. I can still vividly remember it. This one, yeah. they might. This one might replace it because this one was another absolute, just a rocket of a shot. And when he comes down the left wing with speed, it's a dangerous proposition for both the opposing defense and the opposing goalie. And he makes no mistake on this one as he to cut it off to tie it up at two. You're right. And I think part of the reason, you know, why you keep talking about that Ehlers goal in Madison Square Garden in New York Mm -hmm. was because it was bar down, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like the entire arena went quiet. It was like, whoa, (laughs) like everyone was just like, what just happened? That was a a bazooka of a shot. Um, But yeah, you're right. I mean, like what I liked on this goal was how quickly the Jets moved the puck and transitioned the puck out of their own zone. It was Pionk and Dylan in their own end. Shifley takes it at the half wall, gets it to Velarde, who just gives Ehlers a perfect pass. And, I mean, this really is, like we talked about in the first, you know, 10 minutes of, of tonight's postgame show, this is just vintage Ehlers, right? It's speed, it's skill, it's the hands, and just a beautiful shot uh, glove side on, on Talbot, right? Mm-hmm. So just nice execution, nice passing by Shifley and Velarde. But yeah, just Ehlers is feeling it, right? And, you know, that goal, you could you could sense that, you know, the Jets were going to score another one after that. They had all of the momentum at that point, as opposed to the Kings, who had all of the momentum, you know, up 2 nothing on the power play early in the second, which yeah. we know the Jets killed off. Um, but yeah, just, you know, love seeing those types of goals in transition. And, you know, it's something that, you know, you know, is is going to be forgotten if the Jets, you know, get back to the level they were scoring at, Dave. But, like, this team still has been struggling a little bit to score at even strength, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, most recently yesterday in San Jose, right? But mm-hmm. this is just an absolute beauty, just great speed uh, and just a beauty shot by Nick. You know, Dave and uh, Mike McIntyre, who's on site for the Winnipeg Free Press in Los Angeles covering the game, tweeted that this Nikolai Ehlers goal, the second goal of the game for the Jets, the second goal for Ehlers, got an audible gasp from from several of the Los Angeles writers in the press box. That's Mm -hmm. how impressive uh, it was. And you can take our word for it, folks, to to get an audible gasp out of grizzled, uh, embittered uh, (laughs) sports writers. That means you know that you just witnessed something pretty incredible and that's what you saw with Nikolai Ehlers second goal of the game here 
Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. And and again, it's the speed, right? I mean, that's what you want Nikolai Ehlers doing is attacking with speed. And so he he, he can take... I mean, again, that one thing I was talking about with Ez as we watched the game was just this... It it also starts with Gabe Velarde, right? And and one of the things that Gabe Velarde okay. seems to do, which is similar to what Kyle Connor can do, is he's very good when under pressure with the puck. And he doesn't really hot potato it. And even when it's in tight and there's bodies all around he still manages to come up with the puck. And so I just I just thought the play of Gabe Velarde tonight or Gabriel Velarde was very good. And yeah, Drew, I mean, like, again, Nikola Ehlers using his biggest asset, which is his speed, and it's probably his next biggest asset is this shot. And those two things combined, you know, are pretty deadly if they're, if they're, if they're humming along. And that's what happened. And, and again, it's super, you're watching this game and you're thinking, as I just said, the first goal gave the Jets that start of the momentum. Yeah. Well, now, now, now it was picking up steam. And and similar to Ehlers' speed, it was starting to it was starting to speed down the hill as, and you could feel that the Jets were taking over that that second period, including by the way, little fun fact, Connor Hellebuck making his thirteen thousandth save as an NHL goaltender. Yeah, it's a fun right. fact. It is a fun Drew. fact. I will not big deny number. that. That is a fun fact. Thank big you. Number. That is most, a big number, and it's a fun fact. And Dave by any always- goaltender. Since 2015 Dave likes fun and facts. 16. Dave, Dave, you've always liked fun facts. Yeah, I do. Dave. In cl- and hold on, my other fun fact, because we didn't mention it, Dylan DeMello, 500th, 500th game. Well, yeah, I was going to mention that when we talk about the assist he got uh, on the fourth goal of the game, but we'll get to that afterwards. Uh, so two all at this point. Hold in on, time, Dave. Were you talk- talking about Smoke Daddy? Yes. You're Big Daddy. He's Smoke Daddy. It's, it's weird. Ironically, you should be Spoke Daddy based on previous uh, uh, Lifetime Commitment Awards, but uh, that's a separate issue entirely, I suppose, that we can discuss that uh, off-air. Two all at this point in time, and the Jets keep the good momentum going. It takes all of a minute 41. So at the 15-minute mark, exactly with this was a garbage goal. in the uh, in the in the second period, Shifley his tenth assist of Velarde and Nikolai Ehlers, and you know what I like about this goal is that it's it's more of a grinding style. Yes. Goal. First two goals are off the rush. This one is you know you know a catalyst to this one is Dylan DeMello taking a shot and having Pierre Luc Dubois stick break in yeah. in, in blocking. I made a shot. note of that too, Drew. Like yeah. that that the irony of that. I don't know if that's irony because Atlantis Morissette ruined the definition of that word for everybody. Right. But uh yeah, I mean the fact that Dubois didn't have a stick and he was scrambling around, I think that that image I think wasn't lost on a lot of Jets fans. Well, and then the Jets just put the puck in, you know, they got the puck through and in front of Cam Talbot and Gabe Velarde was in front of the net causing chaos and 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 Jakob Moverar couldn't handle him and then Mark Scheifele was able to pick up the garbage coming up from sort of behind the net and able to knock it in and it's not pretty, not like the first two goals, those ones were pretty. This one is just a, you know, look, this is the kind of goal you expect to see Nino Niederreiter score or an Adam Lowry to score right from the blue paint instead it's the Jets top line of Mark Scheifele uh Gabe Velarde and Nikolai Ehlers combining on this one and that gives the Jets the 3-2 lead with five minutes to go in the second period as a yeah and you know you mentioned it there like Gabe Velarde was uh, in front of Cam Talbot he had a nice uh net rush uh, mm-hmm. prior to that and then Nick Ehlers takes the puck near the blue line and he has some speed he puts it on net and you know, watching that live, I, I wasn't really sure what kind of happened there. And then you watch the replay and you still don't really understand because the puck was there for Cam Talbot and it looked like, you know, he thought he was going to cover it, 
but it kind of squ- you know squirted just perfectly. So, like you said, Mark Shifley's skating behind the net, and then he just comes in, and the it's just a loose puck. Yeah, and then he just puts it in. So I'm not really sure, you know, if you know, so, like a Jets player or a Kings player got a stick on that puck that uh, you know didn't allow Talbot to cover that puck up. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, this is just a garbage goal, right? Like, you know, good on Shifley for being, you know, good goal scorers are usually right place at the right time. Yeah. Right, Dave? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, what stood out to me was the Kings were just absolutely scrambling. And we mentioned it. I mean, you know, Dubois doesn't have a stick. So essentially it's a five on four. But the Kings just seemed like they were, I mean, they were on their heels. And that's yeah. a credit to the Jets top line of Filardi, Shifley, and Ehlers. But I mean, that's a, a real weak goal. And, you know, we're going to get into the fourth goal, which by Velarde, which is also a weak goal. I mean, you can, if you're look, Cam Talbot's been a great story. Cam Talbot's numbers have been great, right? Like I think he's got a 930 save percentage. He's up there top 10 in the league goal save above expected. So is Hellebuck, by the way. Now he's back up mm-hmm. to top 10 in the league. But I mean, the third and fourth goals were were weak goals. And, and they're not completely on Talbot. But I mean, the fourth goal was more so on Talbot. But that goal... Again, was, I mean, I it, was, it was a garbage. It was a garbage goal. Look, Talbot tried. I don't to know. Cover. I thought it was a pretty good backhand. I, I don't know that I'm as mm. negative on it's it. Pretty far, I, it's, it's pretty far. Away. It's from pretty far away. Talbot's it is stop from far away, way. and you probably do want your goalie to make that save. So I don't. I agree with you in that sense. But I thought it was also a pretty impressive backhand. It was released pretty quickly. Yeah, no, it was. It was nice backhand shot for sure, Drew. I'm not, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Velarde. Um, but as he doesn't want Gabe Velarde to have a four point night, obviously. No, 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 absolutely not. Gabe de- deserves it. I mean, especially with you know what he went through with the knee injury. But um, I just thought you know with that at that point the Kings are up three two. You got to come up with a save there. That's all. I'm yeah, saying. I, I, I mean, looking at the replay, if you like, just watching it quickly again, you can definitely see Talbot looks at his defenseman and, and felt like maybe there's a little bit of confusion because even though these, I'd say Velarde's what ten feet away from Talbot at that point, he obviously does have the chance to use the defenseman a little bit as a screen to put that puck up and over. So it, look, it's a good shot. It's just from a far enough distance that you'd think that Talbot would make the stop, but Hey, what did Don Cherry always say? The back end's the hardest shot to set up. So uh, yeah. that there's a reason for that. And assist um, the Dylan DeMello. So it's the way, you know, the, the, what sets it up is DeMello keeps the puck in because the Kings are just, they can't, they can't string two passes together as he, which no. is what you said. So they're just firing the puck up the boards in an attempt to relieve the pressure. DeMello keeps it in, gets it to Velarde, and then Velarde turns and fires on the backhand. Yeah, but I was going to say that the key is also is that Mark Shifley is taking out two Kings behind the goal line. Well, and, sure, that's, yes. and again, but again, it's, it's good work by Mark Shifley. Another thing we've been talking about consistently yeah. this season. So now you've got two Kings behind, you know, out of position or one, at least one of the Kings is out of the position and it gives some space for, for Velarde. And you like to see what he's able to do. I mean, the guy's obviously feeling it. And as T. Conapoli just said, backhands are tough to read mm-hmm. and it's true. So um, again, you, it's, it's such a huge, momentum goal for Winnipeg, right? Because as you said, Drew, I mean, third period, and we saw it throughout the third period, the Kings yeah. really just didn't have a lot of pushback, mm-hmm. whereas it was it was the Jets, again, the team that had already played last night. Yeah, I mean, San Jose to LA isn't exactly, you know, it's not LA it's not, to... It's not New York it's not, to LA. It's not LA to Nashville or anything yeah. like that, but it's still a flight. You still have to deal with that. Game ended late. So, yeah. so, so the fact is that it's an impressive uh, effort right now because, you know, again, it's a 3-2 game. Easily could have been a tie game, obviously, but but instead you early in that third period 
kind of take a stranglehold. And and honestly, and we, we I would say because we've watched so many games, you get a feel for hockey games and you can kind of get a feel of the flow. And as and I have watched so many games together where we'll sit there and we'll be able to say, okay, this game is, you know, like it's going to end this in this manner. You're not really surprised. I didn't feel like when the Jets got that fourth goal that LA was really going to have a sufficient ability to to come back in that game. It just didn't feel like that based on how the second period had gone and part of what we'd watched in the third. So uh, again, it, it, it was a really critical goal for the Jets at that point in the game. It I'm killed like, their spirit. That's what happened there. They killed the King's spirit and they really didn't have a, a, much of a pushback after that. They had a, a few scoring chances like I can remember. Trevor Moore is a player that I, I really like. I don't know how many no, people... Trevor Lewis. Well, that's the thing. I like. I don't think a lot of people knew that Trevor Lewis went back to the LA okay, Kings. LA. Yeah. Uh, after going to the Jets, and uh, where did he go? Calgary. Calgary. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he went to another team there, but he uh, he's won some cups with the, with the LA Kings, of course. But nice to see him finishing his career in in theory with with the Kings. But yeah, I mean, look at a lot of people are talking about the backhand. I mean, it's a nice shot. I just thought, you know, again, maybe maybe I'm wrong on that one. Maybe that wasn't an. E- I don't. I'm not saying it's an. It was an easy save to make for Cam Talbot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I it's just from, from that far, far was, away in that in that thing. It was it was from a good you know what would you say fifteen feet out something yeah. like that. Well, I said ten, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, ten it's, to it's, fifteen feet. Let's yeah. you know, I'll we'll go. I'll get Dave. I'll give give you the benefit of the doubt, and we'll say <laughs> ten feet. But um, that was a killer goal. I mean that that really sealed the deal. Like you said, it it put this game in, in a stranglehold, and the Jets never looked back. They didn't let the Kings make it a one goal game. Nope. And again, that's what's the most impressive. End second game of a back-to-back, end of a four-game road trip. Really, you can't understate, you know, how impressive, like Drew likes to, you know, we give Drew a hard time when he talks about intestinal fortitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, this this is an example of, I think, this Jets team just being mentally tougher this year. Well, and I just want to jump in quick, and then Drew, you can come back. But I was going to say that the thing that is probably as impressive as the goal scoring, which as you said, Drew is, is hasn't been happening a lot with Winnipeg, but to the point that you made is the fact that they shut, they locked down and they were the team that controlled the play for the remainder of that third period. And, you know, again, you expect that pushback because you're like, well, okay. And there's been a couple of games now where you've watched games and you're like, the team that doesn't have the puck realizes they're currently down right now. (laughs) And, and obviously LA pulled, Talbot with a couple of minutes to go because they were down two goals, but it just felt like Winnipeg was in control. And that's why I sent out that Harlem Globetrotters tweet as a joke, but it it really did feel like the jets were in complete control. And like I said, maybe it was a confidence from that fourth goal to give them the two goal cushion, but they just played. And there were some, there were uh, look, LA got their chances. And and it, well, they had the power seen, play opportunity as well. No, but with Brendan Dillon in the box for cross checking. Uh, sure, he Brendan you know. Dillon was not happy about that about no. that penalty. But I was just going to say, but and some of the people in the chat have have mentioned. Look, Neil Pionk made a couple of great stops when Hellebuck was on the other side of the net, and P- the guy was I don't remember who it was was trying to wrap it around, mm-hmm. and Pionk came and and stopped what would have been an empty net goal. So good on on Pionk for doing that. And I thought as as he has touched on, Neil Pionk had a really good game, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, again, it's an impressive effort to be able to lock things down the way they did against, uh, again, a very good L.A. team that just didn't seem to have their head in this game. 
Yeah, very impressive indeed. And then the icing on the cake, of course, was the empty netter, uh, Mark Scheifele getting his 11th assist to Nikolai Ehlers. And when you add it all up, when it's all said and done, it's a four-point night for Velarde. It's a four-point night for Ehlers. And it's a three-point night for Mark Scheifele. So that's the 11. top line uh, combines for 11 points in a stirring 5-2. And that's Andre Kopitar's victory. number, Drew. Oh, there you go. The numerology here at uh, 1 a.m. The clock just flipped to 1 a.m. So we're, it's numerology time on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, when we come back, some of Rick Bonus's comments. Uh, we'll see if any of the other players spoke to the media after post-game. So stay with us. We'll do the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment as well. So much more to come. 1 a.m. Stay with us. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. Jets victorious 5-2 over the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your VP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small, just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 
One in the morning just passed. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg with you. Reminder, 9 a.m. on Saturday, we're going to be live on location for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, live at Farmery Brewing at number 2 Donald Street. That is where their retail location is located. You can join us on Saturday morning. Get some Illegal Curve lager. There's going to be great drink specials. There's all sorts of great stuff on sale and available for you to purchase while watching Saturday's Illegal Curve Hockey Show live at number two Donald Street. That is the retail location of Farmery Brewing. So we look forward to seeing all of you there on Saturday morning to join us for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Uh, Here's Rick Bonus tonight post game uh, talking about Nikolai Ehlers play. This is the best he's played because he's healthy. He's 100% healthy. But when he's skating like that, he's elite. It's elite speed, skills, hockey IQ. You love to watch him play. So that's the Jets head coach talking about Nikolai Ehlers. More about the Jets' top line. When that line plays like that and Nick Ehlers skates like that, they are tough to stop. Jets head coach Rick Bonus, rightfully so, full of praise for the Winnipeg Jets top line, who were absolutely tremendous tonight for the Jets, combining for 11 points in that Jets 5 2 victory. And Drew, that's part of Sorry, I know you want to get to more comments, and, and no, you're good. You know, it's you know, five after one in the morning, so I think we're going to wrap up in the next five minutes here. But yeah, we are. You know, that's why Dave said when everybody was crying for the Jets to call up Brad Lambert and Nikita Chibrikov. Dave was saying, hold on, pump the brakes. The, the Jets are probably going to call up Dominic Toninato uh, because the Jets have enough firepower, you know, to 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 withstand a Kyle Connor injury for a couple of months, right? With Shifley and Velarde and Ehlers, yeah. uh, Niederreiter, Perfetti. Like, they have enough guys. Adam Lowry, I mean, I realize he's on the third line, but, you know, he can contribute offensively. So, I mean, I think that this is one of the reasons why the Jets, you know, don't panic and call up, you know, Brad Lambert, even though a lot of fans wanted them to, because they have a lot of other guys that can score. Yeah, it was never, I never really thought it was a realistic option for the Jets themselves. What fans want is usually not necessarily uh, well, it, it, realistic, let's say. Well, no, it's it's what Craig Button talked about when he was on our show on Saturday. It's instant gratification, right? right. And it's and it doesn't help. Again, I'm not going to go on a soapbox here because it is 1.05 in the morning, but yeah. the fact is that we talk about it, right? The Jets have a plan for their for their prospects. And again, they try not to deviate from it. And, and, and so this is the realistic plan is Brad Lambert and Nikita Chibrikov are going to play, you know, in the AHL with the Moose. And that's the reality. And if the Jets need someone, they've got, I mean, the, the, the truth is there's a handful of guys who have outlined who could go up and play if they need to, and they'll play well. So it, it's not, it's a good thing to have from the Jets perspective, because like I said, there's, these guys are not replacing, like, I'm sorry, guys, they've played, you know, Lambert's played more pro because he obviously played pro in Finland, but he was playing junior last year, right? right? So the fact of the matter is you're not throwing these guys in against men, against NHLers, and they're going to do what they're doing at the AHL level. Because the AHL is not the NHL. Yeah. These guys are good. They're developing. You want them to develop. You want them to have confidence. They're not moving anytime soon. Shout out okay. to our boy, uh, Chef Gamey. We just had the comment up that Daniel Gamer, who's, of course, you guys know from Winnipeg, lives in San Diego now. So shout out to uh, Gamey, who's listening a uh, couple hours uh, behind us in the Pacific time zone in San Diego. 
a couple hours south of where today's game happened in uh, Los Angeles. That's where San Diego would be located. Uh, Dave, quickly, before Ezzy does the tough duck hardest hitting comment, you have some uh, Vili Hainla and Rasmus Kupari talk from what you observed at uh, Hockey for All Center earlier today. Da-na-na, da-na-na. I see exclusive. <laughs> well, the Rasmus quickly Kupari is the is. operative word. Quickly True, is the what, operative word. Fine, yeah. I will, but, but just be, then don't then don't besmirch my breaking news. But I was going to say Rasmus Kupari is in fact breaking news because nobody's seen or heard except for Dave M, who was speculating. Anyways, the point is Rasmus Kupari <laughs> and Vili Hainola were on the ice this morning before I got to the uh, hockey for all center when I was going for moose practice, which started at ten thirty. My spidey senses was up, so I went a little bit early. Sure enough, I observed the two fins skating and taking light contact. So uh, that was notable, noticeable or notable. It's on the Legal Curve website if you want to watch the video and uh, or at any info. But again, Hainola, that's a good sign. Full equipment, uh, taking contact. Same with Kupari, who's dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, associate coach Scott Arneal said November 15th, four to seven weeks. So we'll get an update. Jets are traveling tomorrow. So yeah. when they practice on Friday... I think it's 11 o'clock. We'll speak to Rick Bonus after, and we'll get an update on uh, Kupari and Hinola and, and the whole bunch. There you go. Illegalcurve.com will be your destination for more information on that as it is to watch the video that Dave took earlier today. We'll wrap up the post-game show like we always do. It's our Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. The Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. I think Drew's just going to throw it right to me and not give me any intro there. I like it. It is 108 in the morning, and we're about <laughs> an hour from the post-game show. So, Cody, if you're there, Cody uh, Awaziak, I, pro- I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Like I said, it is 108 in the morning. Uh, the comment is, that may have been the most complete Jets game I've ever seen. The effort from every every player was noticeable. Previous year's teams would have folded. I like that. We discussed that earlier, uh, that this win definitely showed intestinal fortitude to come back down two goals second game of a back-to-back at the end end of the road trip with your uh, best goal sc- scorer on the shelf so cody if you're here send me an email ezra at illegalcurve.com or s- slide into my dms at icsg on x slash twitter send me your mailing info and we will ship out a tough duck to you Tough, you're gonna sh- ship them tough out a tough duck to, to you. Uh, okay. So congrats, Cody. Great comment. Yeah, Peter might have uh, something to say about if you're if you're if yeah. you're if you're no, we don't out ship ducks actual themselves. ducks. There's no foul. Can you imagine like as he shows up at the Canada Post with a mallard. Yeah. Drew does <laughs> like like duck confit, but yeah. Anyways, yes, congratulations to Cody tonight's tough duck hardest hitting comment winner. Got that is. Yeah, <laughs> duck confit. That was that was good on Ezzy's part there. I thought that was pretty. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty humorous. I know. I just I, I, I the tried problem... duck once. I didn't like it. It was too chewy. Apparently, okay. it's fatty. Apparently, duck is very I don't fatty. Like it. Okay. Well, the... I like to I like to watch ducks. You know, in a pond. I don't I don't want to eat them. That's very reasonable of you. I think that uh, everyone appreciates the ducks and the mallards and uh, the geese and everybody else in that family uh, appreciate your mallard, uh, your... Manitoba, the home of uh, Canadian Olympian Bridget Lequette. Which which city in Manitoba has a mallard as their, you know, city mascot? Neverville. This is, is one's for you, travel MB boy, or explore MB boy. You can't remember. I, the I know I've, I know I've Perfect. been there, but I can't remember which one it is. I was okay. kind of hoping the chat. What, would, what town would has the big in. mosquito? Where's the big mosquito? Is that Morden? 
No, Morden's corn and apples, like, isn't it? I was gonna say Ar- no Arberg. I was gonna say Arberg, but Ar- Arberg is actually a giant curling rock, so it's not Arberg. Hmm. Okay. Well, something you guys can research and we can bring back to the table on Saturday Steven, morning. Steve, Steve's saying it's hmm, Camarno. I don't think so. That's so, that's the. No, that's that's saying Oxford. Springfield, Camarno, uh, uh, and Gretna. Apparently, Gretna is the answer. Gretna. Well, yeah. Phil, hey, Phyllis is rural Manitoba, so I, I'm going to go with Phyllis there. But I see, there we go. Giant okay. mallard. We knew the chat would come through in the clutch for us. Let's let the chat no, go to bed. Second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I think it's Petersfield. Pretty sure well, it's Petersfield, actually. Okay. Oh, see, sorry. Phyllis is saying the giant, the giant uh, mosquito is in Gretna. But I'm pretty sure the mallard is in Petersfield because I've fished the Petersfield River before. And there's a giant mallard there. I think we need to buy a bus and do like a Manitoba, like, uh, you know, a, a road trip tour. And I think uh, Phyllis would be uh, our, like, she'd tour be the guide? MC. Yeah, right. tour guide. Yeah. Okay. Let's let the chat go to bed so I can go to bed and you, Ezzy can go to bed. And Dave will stay up till five in the morning because that's standard operating <laughs> procedure. Uh, we want to say a big thank you to all of you, so many of you, for joining us into the wee hours of this morning for the Illegal Curve post game show. We also want to say a big thank you to the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make this post game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. That's our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. There's Frosty. He's got it up there on the screen. Fro- Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. Dave Dave Williamson at Rumors. If you haven't seen Dave, he's absolutely hilarious. He regularly tours with Bert Kreischer, so uh, be sure to check out Dave at Rumors this weekend. Uh, Linden Market Dental Center, Farmery Beer, home of Illegal Curve Lager, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, and our friends at Rolly's Transfer. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. We are next in action again Saturday morning, 9 a.m. for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. It'll be a doubleheader, I see, at 9 a.m. and then the postgame show after the Jets and the Avalanche. We want all of you to join us at number two Donald Street Farmery Beer. Join us there Saturday morning for the Illegal Curve Hockey show in the meantime illegalcurve.com dave is showing us the picture of the duck now there's the mallard somebody get his phone out off of the screen (laughs) he is showing us the mallard he still doesn't know what city it's in but he's showing us i was right i was right petersfield there you go so don't question my explorer mb credentials there mendel i'm i'm questioning a lot of things most of all (laughs) my life's decisions right now is is what i'm mostly uh, questioning uh as i said illegalcurve.com is your destination for all your winnipeg jets post game news and of course audio and video between now and saturday we thank you all for joining us if you haven't already done so smash the like button subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the podcast and leave us feedback here there and everywhere jets victorious 5-2 in los angeles for dave manuk for the sleepy ezra ginsburg and until saturday morning at 9 a.m i'm your host rumendell and we wish you good night and good luck and thanks for joining us for the illegal curve post game show Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.